Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the United States Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. I'm joined once again by Mike Lockman. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Joe. How are you? Hanging in there. Uh, getting ready for uh, for a first full week of, of fall high school sports here. This is, uh, you know, on the one hand, it feels like we were just doing this uh, not too long ago. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm pretty excited to get going. Uh, yeah, I think everybody's probably excited to get going. It, it actually feels like it's been a long preseason to get fall sports kicked off. I, I don't know why it feels that way to me. It just feels like it's been a stretch. I think everybody's probably ready to get down to games and stuff. Uh, it felt like it felt long to me maybe like a week ago. And uh, and then I had uh, a lot of stuff piled on my plate to do and uh, I'm still trying to get a lot of that done. So maybe that's why it felt quick to me. Uh course you can uh you can always send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on twitter facebook instagram and youtube at at nhhs sports you can listen to the show every tuesday morning throughout the football season at nh-highschoolsports.com or uh on spotify and odyssey just go in and search for nine state sports show although i say that and we are going to throw a little bit of an audible at you next week. Uh, we're actually, because of the holiday, uh, we're going to be posting the show up on the site on Wednesday morning. So uh, if you get up Tuesday and you go looking for the football show and you don't see it, don't panic. It's just going to be a, a day later next week. We're, we'll, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we'll have it up there. Just uh, it'll be, we'll give you, give everybody a chance to enjoy a little bit more of the uh, the holiday weekend there. Yeah, I and 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 you as well. <laughs> you won't have to be doing all that editing work, right? That's true. That is that's true too. Yeah, give us all an extra day. Uh, also, like to remind everyone, we are looking for sponsors for the podcast this fall. Uh, although we love what we do at nhhighschoolsports.com, can't pay the bills with pats on the backs and atta boys. So, if you're a fan of the show or know someone who would like to promote their business on the podcast. Uh, please uh, have them get in touch uh, by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, and just a, r a reminder, too, uh, with games starting uh, this weekend, we'll be starting our uh, Player of the Week and Team of the Week awards next week. Uh, so another thing to keep in mind, if you have any uh, suggestions on those, feel free to you know, get in touch with us, again, through social media or by email uh, or, I don't know, smoke signals, carrier pigeon, whatever method of uh, communication you prefer. Uh, tie a rope between two cans. <laughs> uh, you know what? Some days I think that might actually work better than, uh, you know, than my cell phone does. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to, uh, this week we're planning to do uh, a little preview for uh, Division Two and Division Three. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, Mike, I want to talk about uh, the Queen City Jamboree took place last Friday, uh, and, you know, and as we've talked about over the years, that always feels like, you know, the unofficial kickoff to, you know, the high school sports season. You know, you've got uh, a setup this year. You had five scrimmages, um, you know, uh, so what, 10 teams going over to Gill Stadium to, to play a half of football with real officials. Uh, they're in their game uniforms. You know, it's it's played like a real game for that half. You know, uh, Channel Nine's there doing their uh, you know Friday Night Lights preview show. Uh, FNL New Hampshire was there as well, 
uh, live streaming the games. Um, you know, so it, it has a real feel to like, hey, here we go. Um, and it's just, it's always a, a, a fun day. Um, and I, I know you, you agree with that, right? Oh, it's a great event. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's years that I can't go. This was one of them just because I had a, a Friday night practice with um, my younger sons. But that was one of the things I always looked forward to when I was a coach. We we kind of wrap up that Friday practice. If we, if we weren't actually in the Jamboree, there were several years where we were. And you'd run over there with the whole staff just to just to watch it and do some scouting. Um, you know, I would go just for fun after I was done coaching and things. Again, I, I kind of miss it the years I don't get to go. But it has a great uh, almost kind of like a festival feel to it, you know, with all the different teams out there. And, um, you know, like 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 you said, sort of some excitement around they're not quite real games, but it, it looks and feels a lot like real games because they're they're wearing their unis and it's a. Uh, you know, the scoreboard is going, the officials are out there. It's a, it's a nice dress rehearsal for what's yeah. to come. They're, they're announcing it Gil too, uh, which yep. is nice too. Um, you know, the only thing that was kind of a, a bummer this year was the weather, you know, it, you know, it was, uh, I, I wouldn't even say cold, but it was, it was gray and, and rainy and humid, uh, which kind of, you know, was not fun. Um, the rain really didn't start until like the, you know, midway through the second scrimmage and then picked up a little bit in the third. Um, wasn't a heavy like rain, but just, you know, like that kind of annoying, like mist that you're just like, uh, why, why, why do we need this? Yeah. Between that and the humidity, it just yeah. coats everything and makes you feel disgusting. Yeah. Um, you know, but still some, uh, some interesting things going on. I think, you know, get to see, uh, Sauhegan and Trinity in that first scrimmage, uh, an interesting matchup between, the runners up from last year in division two and division three, you know, we expect them to be, you know, um, you know, high in the standings again this year. Um, you know, Sauhegan, what got a, was up 13, six, I think was the final there with a, a last second touchdown. Um, you know, s still some things I think for both sides kind of work it to work out there. Um, but was good to see both of them get on the field and be able to move the ball a little bit. I thought, yeah, I, I thought that I, that was actually a really entertaining one because it's funny. I think the makeup of those two teams is very different, right? It was like Sauhegan, you could tell, is built for speed and, um, you know, a lot of work on the perimeter. And obviously, Jane is a, is a very good quarterback. They were a very good quarterback for Trinity, too, you know, returning this year in, in, in service. Um, but Trinity is, is a big team, you know, sort of a, a, a bruising type of team. Um, plays very good defense. Uh, obviously, Sauhegan does too. Um, but yeah, no, I, th I thought that was a really cool matchup, especially given that they were both runners up in the divisions. And it was a tight game, like you said, right up yeah. until that sort of, uh, you know, um, late breaking, uh, I think it was like a nine yard, you know, they were down inside the 10, I think, Sauhegan, um, with less than a minute on the clock when they scored that last touchdown. I think it, it was, was like 12 seconds left. Was it really yeah. that tight? Oh, yeah. I, I know yeah. it was tight. I know it was tight. Yeah. yeah, you're right, because Trinity really didn't have any. As soon as they scored, it was like, okay, that's it. They're not going to have a chance to even respond here, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah, and that one moved pretty quick, too. I mean, you know, despite, you know, Sauhegan, you know, they're, they're they're one of those spread hurry-up offenses. They were still, um, I think each team maybe had, like, four possessions at most. Uh, yeah, Sauhegan's opening drive was like a six-minute yeah. drive, yeah. you know, which is, kind of unusual for them. There were a couple of drives they had last year that were like 12 second drives. <laughs> <laughs> so seriously, right? Like right, one play, right. they'd yeah. score in one play sometimes. And yeah. uh, 
Um, I, I thought that it was kind of interesting to see them grind out drives a little bit more against Trinity um, and be and and show that they could be patient and uh, move the ball in different ways. Right? They don't have to be that big strike team. You know, they can be, but they don't have to be. Right? They can rely a little bit on the running game and some of those other things too. And of course, uh, got to mention because uh, I teased last week uh, the big announcement that was coming. So if you didn't see that last Thursday, uh, Sauhegan is is going to be featured on the season uh, this fall. So that actually will start this coming Thursday. First episode will drop uh, on the website and on YouTube. Uh, so make, you don't want to miss out on that. Uh, been a lot of fun so far to to get to know these guys a little bit more and and to see how they uh, they handle things. So. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, the the season with uh, Sauhegan football, uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's shaping up to be, I think, a fun one, a uh, pretty good one too. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Obviously, that that should be really cool. Uh, the second scrimmage uh, was uh, what Goffstown and Manchester Memorial that just turned into a bit of a rock fight. Um, you know, just especially towards the end, you had a lot of penalties in that one. Two teams just kind of banging heads together, it felt like at times. Um, Goffstown won that one 6 nothing. Um, You know, and two teams that, that you know, if, if things break the right way, you know, they might be in the mix for a playoff spot. So, um, you know, be interesting to see how that translates into when, when the games start to count for real. Yeah, you know, and and you you kind of knew that one was going to be not the the smoothest looking of the scrimmages, given that you know Memorial um, has overhauled their entire offense. Right, they're going with sort of a uh, a flex bone triple option type look, um, which is very different than what they've done the last few years, um, and that takes a lot of time. Right, it's a really really good offense to run, but it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to coach, and and obviously a lot of concentration and you know a different set of skills from your your players and then um and then Goffstown has a new look offense as well they're they're much more of an under center wing t type of offense um you know a little bit more like what you see Pinkerton and Salem running um which which probably fits their guys better right but again right when you're when you're working a whole new set of things uh the timing is a little you know offense is hard to get down anyway uh, this early in the season, but now you're working a new set of, you know, steps and timing and maybe even blocking rules and assignments, depending on, on your scheme. Um, but I think both of those teams found it, their way into an, uh, into offensive systems that probably fit their personnel a little bit better for this year. Um, and that might be very helpful to them. I, I thought they both looked really good at times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of looking good, I thought the uh, the third scrimmage between Salem and BG, I thought both of those teams looked maybe better than I expected them to. You know, Salem coming off a year where, um, you know, they only won two games. They had a lot of young guys, went through a lot of injuries last year. Um, you know, looks like that experience they got is going to pay off for them. And then Bishop Girton, you know, we wondered with all the seniors that they lost, the turnover in the coaching staff, uh, how was that going to look? And uh, I thought it looked – as, as probably as good as you could have expected. Um, you know, they, it's, it's interesting that, that kind of, um, part of it was interesting to me because last year, you know, their, their, uh, seniors gave them the ability to be more of a, a running team out of the spread. You know, they had, um, you know, Santa Suasso and Bella Vance and, um, Ethan Labby, you know, out in the backfield, able to run the ball, 
and they had most of these receivers that they've they were using in the jamboree on the roster they just didn't they could run the ball so well because they had you know they had a, a senior offensive line that could you know had some guys that really push um you know control the line you know so they didn't need to throw it as much well now they've got a, a quarterback and mike mcdonough that is a little bit more of a passer than a runner um you know those big guys up front are are younger now and less experienced and now they've got the athletes at receiver to you know th- they're a year older um you know they really threw the ball all over the place and and it it looked pretty good yeah i thought mcdonough looked pretty sharp um especially for this stage of the season and you know, you got to figure with a new coach over there, BG, it's not like it may look the same sort of, but it's not like they're running the same offense. Probably. You're right. 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 There, there's a good chance that there's some different reads and different terminology and, and, you know, um, other things that he's going to have to get used to in a new system. So I thought they looked good. I thought Salem looked really impressive on offense. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I thought they, they threw the ball at times, uh, not often, but uh, uh, at times, and they looked okay. But they, they were able to run inside and out with a lot of different backs. Um, I thought their line blocked really well. Um, I thought I think they still have a little work to do on defense, and that's not to take anything away from what we just said about BG's offense. I just think that there were some breakdowns on defense. You know, again, that it's not like, oh, they don't have the athletes. It was just some schematic things that went, uh, you know, whether it was coverage things or just technique things or what have you that because they're still young, you know, I, I don't I don't think they're a uh, what you would call a veteran team. But I thought Salem looked really sharp on offense. And I, I think that they've probably got some things that if they clean up on defense, they can be they can be right back in the mix again this year. Right. You know, the final two scrimmages, I'll, I'll admit, I didn't get to see uh, as much of I had to, to get out of there uh, kind of early on in the next one between Bedford and, and Alvern. And of course, Pembroke and Central finished up the night. Um, but uh, you you were saying you you were following those a little bit uh, at home uh, on uh, the FNL broadcast. I was, yeah, and and I thought um, so. The the Bedford scrimmage, you know, I mean, hey, Bedford doesn't look like they've lost a step. Uh, they looked almost exactly like they looked last year. Um, very explosive. I'm pretty sure that they scored on like a jet sweep on their very first play from scrimmage. I mean, again, obviously Alvern, new coach, new systems on offense and defense. Um, You know, they're going to be a little bit more behind um, than, than Bedford's going to be, or any of those, the teams that aren't contending with, you know, having to learn new things and new terminology and all those types of things. Um, Alvern uh, at times looked okay though. I mean, they, they have a new offense. They're running kind of a spread type of look that that sort of replaces the the more pro style offense that they were in um the previous years um but i think that was that's a tough matchup right i mean you've got the returning state champs or the defending state champs i should say who i think by everything i've read in the media sort of <laughs> they're they're the favorite. still have yeah they're, yeah they're, well yeah. And, and not only that but they, they, i think they i think the players in bedford kind of feel a little bit like hey we we've got a little something to prove here right like we don't want to have a uh, a, a slump, right? I mean, right. you know, so that they, they've got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder in terms of how are we going to respond to being the hunted as we talked about last week. Um, so that's, that's a tough one for, for uh, that was a tough draw for Alvern, I think. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think for anybody, it would have been a tough yeah. draw. And then I, I did get to a chance to watch a little bit of central and, um, and Pembroke and um, 
you know, I thought that I thought that went really well too. Both teams looked good at times. You know, a little they're, they're both. I think Central is still a little young, um, but they looked like they had a chance to be improved over last year. And Pembroke looked like they were m- much improved. Um, you know, I think you and I had talked a little bit about them last year and saying, you know, they may be a piece or two away from being a really competitive or, or contender type team in division two. And um, they've got some athletes. They were able to put some things together um, that were impressive. So, yeah. So we learned a little bit more, I would say. Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, maybe talk about them a little bit, you know, as we get into the preview, but yeah, I did see them at a seven on seven uh, this year and, and they had some guys that popped, um, you know, I, I granted on a Wednesday in July with no pads on and no line, you know, but, right. but they looked, you know, had some guys who looked pretty good. Um, so yeah, that should be an, uh, interesting to see how they, uh, they, their season plays out, but yeah, let's, uh, let's jump in. How about uh, any, unless you got any other thoughts on the, on the jamboree? Uh, no, we'll I was just going to say that's a, that's a great segue into, right. into the division <laughs> two preview. Cause I, I do think, you know, division two, I think is going to be interesting this year because, you know, we, we've seen a number of these teams that have traditionally, you know, in recent years been kind of down. And I, I think as we go through, you'll find there's a number of these teams that are poised for, you know, may, maybe kind of a breakthrough season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just excited to start talking about the teams. Well, I think I think the 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 key thing is is like your teams. You know, you look at the final four from a year ago. Uh, it was what Pelham, Sauhegan, obviously in the final, uh, Guilford, Belmont, and Bo. Uh, you know, your your other two final four teams. And I feel like all all four of them, you know, had some big losses, uh, you know, from from personnel from a year ago. Obviously, you know, some more than others. Um, you know, Sauhegan does return a very good team. Um, Bo has a lot of returners as well. You know, Guilford Belmont, um, you know, took a big hit with, uh, um, and now I'm drawing a blank on his name. Their quarterback transferring out along with a lot of seniors graduating. Yeah. Um, and then Pelham too, um, you know, losing a lot of skill guys, having most of their, their big guys up front back though. Um, you know, and let's, let's start with the defending champs. Um, Pelham is what I, I think their win streak is at like 30, 30 games going into this year. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah it's, it's like fifth in the country. I yeah. Think. Something like or that. Four, yeah. uh, we'll get corrected on that. I'm sure. But <laughs> Uh, Let's just say it's very impressive. And it is. Just... It's impressive, you know, and that's that's three championships there too. Uh, two in Division right. Three last year, obviously in Division Two, um, where they beat Sauhegan in the final. You know, and some of those guys they got up front are are guys. You know, we I think we've been talking about in previews for a couple of years now, and I know, you know, the the guy at the front of that list, Memphis Patterson. Um, you know, multi sport guy over there at, at Pelham. Um, you know, and and he he's just a you know, I haven't I haven't seen a ton of him in, in football. From I've heard from lots of other people, is just kind of a monster to try to deal with uh, on that line. Yeah, I got to tell you, just you know, knowing some of the returners that they have um, on their front lines, offense and defense, I really not to take anything away from their skill position people that they had last year because they were obviously very good. Um, but I was most impressed with with Pelham's line uh, from what I saw them last year. I mean, I remember looking at them and saying a lot of those guys would play on division one teams. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to know that a lot of those guys are coming back, you know, you, you said earlier, yeah, they did lose a lot of really key people 
um, you know, in, in their, in their uh, offensive backfield quarterback, obviously, I think, um, and a, a lot of their people in their secondary and linebacking cores, but I, I don't know. Like I think about how impressed I was with their front and their, and their D line. And I mean, their O line. And, and if those, a lot of those people are back, um, you're, you're going to have some good people stepping in behind, I'm sure. And that's a huge, huge deal to contend with. Uh, if you're an opponent in Division Two right now, well, you were saying, um, you know, they they did scrimmage Merrimack uh, last week about a week ago, and and you know, despite you know maybe some, you know, you know, obviously things in a scrimmage aren't taken it, you know, as uh, on on full value, but you know they held their own against Merrimack, uh, you know, in that scrimmage. Yeah, I I, I think they did, and I I think. Um... You know, and Merrimack is a quality, as we said last week, has a quality defense returning um, and, and a well-coached defense. And, you know, they, they presented some challenges there uh, offensively, Ellum did, right? So, um, you know, again, it's a, it's a great test um, and, and sort of an indicator, I think, that they're not to be overlooked. Um, not, not that anybody ever overlooks the defending champ, but um, certainly not to be overlooked, I, I would say, still a very, very strong contender in division two. Yeah. And then, like we said, the runner up last year, Sauhegan, uh, you know, they, uh, no shortage of skill guys coming back for them. Of course, the, the big ones being the quarterback, Romy Jane, and then, uh, senior JJ bright, uh, running back and linebacker for them. I mean, two guys that really make their offense go bright was the, uh, the West conference, uh, player of the year, uh, last year, you know, so two, I mean, just, Having those guys back uh, puts you kind of one step ahead, I think, probably of where of, of, of anything that you're trying to do, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and they still have some key receivers there too, right? They lost Maddox McGrath last year, who I, I honestly thought was one of the best players in Division Two. You know, but when you're there with with Bright and and um, and obviously the QB, when you're there with those guys, you're you know, you you may not get as many mentions, but he was sort of a deep threat type of guy. He was excellent on defense. He's gone, but you still have um, Cole Manning, yeah. um, who who I thought had a really good season as a junior, and he did some things in the Jamboree the other night. So, um, and there were a couple other guys that that made good plays out there as well. So, um, yeah, no shortage of speed or 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 skill on the Sauhegan roster. I think everybody kind of knows that. Right. Right. Yeah, so I mean, not not out of the uh, you know the realm of possibility that those two teams end up seeing each other again, uh, despite being in the same conference. But uh, as we discussed, there are a lot of other teams in Division Two that uh, that will have a say before uh, before the season is done. Um, you know, let's let's stick in the West Conference and run through that first. Um, you know, and one team that I think would uh, would raise its hand and say, "Hey, don't don't forget about us," is is uh, Hanover. Uh, you know, they uh, last year uh, went six and four, I believe, uh, lost to, to uh, now I can't remember that they did. They lost the quarterfinals last year, did lose games to both Pelham and Sauhegan during the regular season. They got a, a nice uh, collection of returners, uh, including running back linebacker uh, Jeff Vidu, who I believe set all all of Hanover's like offensive rushing records last year, or if not all of them, most of them. Uh, just had a tremendous season for them as a junior, and now he's back. And then, of course, uh, Roger Lucas, the quarterback, also returning. Uh, so, I mean, that's a nice foundation to have. Again, like Sauhegan, the running back-quarterback combo, 
uh, returning to to give them a boost. Yeah, and and they are an impressive team. You know, I, I got to see them live last year against Sauhegan, uh, and and they were physical. They ran the ball really well. They gave Sauhegan some problems between the tackles. Um, and and in the end, I think it was you know Sauhegan was able to pull away. I think that was the game where where um, Roger Lucas got hurt. Um, and thankfully it wasn't serious, but I know it was a, it was kind of a, a nail biter for a little while there in terms of his, his status. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's a good team and they've got, they've got a, a ton of kids on both sides of the ball coming back. Um, I think they've got eight or nine kids on both sides coming back. So, you know, for a team that, you know, really kind of was there just chipping away at, you know, the two teams that ended up in the finals, really, right. It, it was their, their major losses. I think they might've had one more, but their major losses were Pelham and Sauhegan. You know, if one of those games had gone the other way um, and, and, and it, and it still could this year is what I'm saying, right. With that core group coming back, that's a team that um, you definitely can't sleep on. Yeah, certainly can't. Neither one of them can take, uh, or anyone could take that team uh, lightly. I think, you know, um, the team that I always feel like has a shot, you know, at, at, at making some noise uh, just because of the way they run things and the success they've had over the years and what, what Keith Jones does with, with is able to get out of his kids is Milford. Uh, you know, they started slow last year, ended up finishing five and four and just missing out on the playoffs because of uh, the point rating. Uh, you know, this year, uh, you know, I've seen them practice a couple times. They look like they have, you know, some, some, uh, big guys back, uh, some key one being or a key one being Cade Cloutier, uh senior again running back linebacker for them, and then uh, interesting uh, you know to see at quarterback uh, Harris Jones stepping in there. Uh, of course, Keith's son uh, he'll he'll be a senior this year, replacing uh, what f- has felt like a decade of of Erdas. Uh, you know this the uh, what I think four. Uh, Four different Erdas, yes. sons of, of assistant coach Rick Erda. So, yes, kind of an interesting change there. The you know you got a another coach's kid in there, but um, this time it's the head coach instead of the assistant coach. Yeah, Harris moves over from I think he was a tight end the last couple years for them. Um, so that's obviously a, a you know a bit of a <laughs> bit of a change, right? But <laughs> um, but he he was always a you know being a coach's son you know, I can kind of attest to this, right. It's, it's a little different, right. You get a little bit of a different schooling (laughs) than than the kids who are not. So I think that will probably work out really well for them. They've also got a really good two-way lineman, um, in Braden Mellon. Um, I've heard coaches in division two talking about him and what he brings to the table. You know, Milford has quite often in, in the last decade or so sort of had like that really good lineman. Um, and, and this may be the, the, the 2023 version for Milford for that, I think. So, um, so yeah, it should be interesting to see if Milford can bring, uh, you know, come back, claw their way back into it, so to speak. Right. They were five and four last year and sort of had an uh, uncharacteristic miss of the tournament last year. Um, I'm quite sure that they're not looking to uh, repeat that again. Of course not. No. Uh, And then I guess that I would think the team uh, to kind of watch out for that maybe, um, you know, could be a bit of a dark horse in the conference is John Stark. You know, they had a good, good, they, they finished the year strong as well uh, and have a lot of guys returning from what I understand. They do. Yeah. And, and, and they've had a good preseason from what I understand, right. They've, they've, uh, 
they went to camp and scrimmage Burlington, Vermont, and and they were very pleased with how they they did there. I know they uh, had a scrimmage with Guilford um, that they felt really good about, you know. And and again, Guilford, we know they've lost some key players, but uh, obviously a very good team from last year. But they've got some they've got some really good players coming back, right? They've got Donnie White, uh, who's a running back linebacker for them, senior. Um, they've got a couple of kids that were first team linebackers last year. Delly Williams and uh, Joe Dykstra, who's actually also a quarterback, but he was a first-team linebacker last year. Um, Drew Towers, who's a guy that we mentioned on this show last year, having some big rushing performances. He's only a junior. He was a sophomore last year. But again, kind of going back to what we said about Pelham and, and a couple of the Division One teams, they've got four out of their five offensive linemen back from last year's campaign. Wow. That's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, that's a good, good place to be. Right, and especially with the type of scheme that they run, it's very offensive line. It it, feature, it really features the offensive line with a lot of pulling and gap blocking and things. So, um, so yeah, I mean that's and you know we just talked about Milford. Milford Stark is uh, Saturday at noon at, yep. at at Stark. So that right out of the gate is kind of an interesting test for both teams. That could be a, that could be a game that's over in what like an hour and forty five minutes. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> counting on it because I was thinking of going to that oh, game. All right, all right. So was I. So we might see each other there. <laughs> right. Keep, keep I'm like, up. hey, if it starts yeah. at noon, you know, I can still be at home for pool time. Catch, if it's, catch, uh, some, if it... uh, catch some of the college football on Saturday. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the team that I'm kind of, you know, interested in um, just to see, you know, how they start and where they end up in a couple of years is, is Manchester West. Um, you know, they were – uh, three and six last year, but felt like a you know pretty competitive with with you know s- most teams. Um, you know, new coach there, uh, Andrew Preventure, who um, you know used to coach um, the defense at Bishop Girton a couple years ago. His uh, first uh, crack at a head coaching position, as far as I know, uh, and they are almost completely starting over. Um, yeah, not many seniors. Uh, I think they just have one like returning starter total uh so a lot of uh underclassmen on that team and uh just i'm i'm interested to see just you know one of those what does it look like this year and what is it going to look like in say two years you know that 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 kind of you know does it does having a lot of young guys this year and playing them you know usually that pays off for you if everybody sticks together for a couple of years right yeah well, you know, so first of all, I, I've heard really good things about Coach Preventure from other people, you know, from from coaching circles, right? Sure. People in the the, the different, uh, you know, people that have crossed paths with him and things. So I think I think that was a really good hire for Manchester West. Hopefully, um, ho- hopefully he's doing well over there. I don't know him personally, obviously, but um, like I said, I've heard good things about him from people that that I trust and respect their opinions from. So I think that was a great hire for West, but you know, the other funny thing is, you know, what you were saying about, Hey, only having one starter back and kind of having to start a new as a, you know, a new coach. <laughs> oh yeah. Sim, you might know what that's like, right? Right. I was like, geez, you know, I remember you writing an article 10 years ago, uh, you know, probably 10 years ago, like to the week uh, about a similar situation at Sauhegan when I took over, <laughs> you know, as a new that's coach right, with only yeah. one returning starter. So, uh, so yeah, no, hey, I, I know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, and and you guys were, you know, you you were competitive at times that first year. And then yeah, were, were you? Did you make the playoffs the second year? Or was it the third year? 
it was the third year. The second year we we missed by in a three way tiebreaker. Right, that's right. Yeah, because the old to, uh, the old conference alignment. Right, uh, we needed to two. win. Yeah, I remember now. We, we needed to win our last game, which we did. I think we ended up five and three or something with that win, but we ended up in like a three way tie, and, and then we yeah, didn't get in. Right. Uh, but yeah, so you know, it, I, I guess the point is, it, it certainly can turn around quick. I, it's it's not it's not common to do that, but um, you know, again, I think you know, West has been hungry for a turnaround for a while, and they've been on the verge for a while too. And yeah, it can hurt only having one returning starter back, but it also means, and, and you said it perfectly, Joe. It's like a whole fresh start. So you're not always necessarily ironing out, you know, different habits or, or the old culture or whatever it might be. Right. You can kind of come in and set the tone and not have to worry about or, or be sort of insecure about, oh, geez, you know, my, you know, doing things too different for the kids to pick up on or are we, you know, approaching a situation differently. Right. So it's kind of an interesting situation for them. I, I, I wish them the best. Uh, you've also got uh, Hillsborough, Deering, Hopkinton uh, in that uh, West Conference. Uh, you know, a couple of returners back from them for for them. Um, but I don't know. I, I I admittedly don't know a ton about um, you know what what they've got coming back. But um, uh, have you heard anything about the uh, the Red Hawks going into this year? Not too much. I you know I know that the you know the the numbers aren't quite where they wanted them to be but i think there's enough kids who got experience in last year's campaign where they you know they were from what i heard they were feeling pretty excited about the possibilities for the season um you know and again we're talking about a team that hasn't been super competitive the last couple years but just maybe three or four years ago they were they were a really good you know you know, they had up their first playoff win and, and all these different types of things. Right. So that was a team that had built themselves up pretty well. Um, you know, I think it's a matter of depth probably for them. And it has been the last right. couple of years had some talent and they've had some key returning guys, but they just haven't had the depth to be able to, you know, if they had one or two key injuries week seven or something, right. Like it's just, it's just too much to bear um, when you don't have that bigger roster. So you know, I think the key there will be, can they stay healthy and build around some core guys that are coming back and, and get some brand new guys up to speed very quickly. Yeah. And the, uh, the final team in the conference Hollis Brookline, uh, gives them, uh, what eight teams in the West conference. And if you're, you're sitting there going, Hey, wait a minute. I thought there were nine teams in both conferences. Uh, there is not this year, uh, as Lebanon, um, you know, we talked about them last year, their numbers, took a big hit uh, a year ago, um, you know, just with, with graduation and, and then, you know, some kids decided not to come back to play. Coaching change, uh, they decided to play just a, a JV schedule this year. So no, uh, no Lebanon uh, at the varsity ranks this season, uh, which means that everybody in the West Conference uh, was only going to play eight games with a bye. A couple teams have filled in that bye week. You've got... Uh, West is actually West has an interesting one in week two. They've got a home game against Waterton, Watertown, Waterton. I don't know how you say it, how exactly Watertown, Mass. Yeah, I I believe so. Uh, it doesn't huh. specify. Yeah, Watertown's a, a city in Mass, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's what's on their schedule uh, for week two. Uh, Milford is actually going to host Nashua North 
on the final uh, Friday of the season, uh, yeah. which would have been their bye week. And then uh, mid-season, Sauhegan uh, plays at Timberlane. Uh, in That's going to be pretty. Yeah, those those three games are all kind of interesting games. Uh, yeah. But they are also games that will not count in the standings. Right. Uh, so so great chance for those teams to uh, get some experience against some tough, tough competition, uh, you know, during a, what otherwise would be a week off. Uh, right. All right, and then on the other side, uh, in the East Conference, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, Guilford Belmont, you know, they were the, the team that uh, finished at the top of the standings, went 10-1 and last year uh, before, you know, that one loss being to Sauhegan in the semifinals. Uh, by, if I'm not mistaken, by a point, I, I believe. It was a close game, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the Guilford Belmont, a team that was hit hard by, uh, by graduation and, and, of course, transfers, um, you know, but, uh, but a couple guys with experience coming back, seven starters, it looks like total. Um, and Logan Grant is probably the big name that, uh, people would recognize as a, a returner, uh, receiver and at, at defensive back for them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely, like you said, I mean, they, they're going to have to overcome a lot of turnover. Um, but you know, again, success kind of breeds success. And so once you get a taste of that, it, you know, if, if you've got a good culture and a good leadership core, what it does is it really ignites the excitement in your off season program, right? You come off a, a 10 and one season where you had a close loss to an extremely good team like Sauhegan. Uh, you know, typically that really motivates you for your your productiveness in the off season, right? How, how much, how hard you work out, how much you try to get together as a team and do things. Um, so there's that factor there. I, I think the other thing too that could be kind of interesting is like they might have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder to prove that hey, we weren't just Isaiah Reese, right? You know, yeah. I mean, he was a huge player for us, and um, obviously at times was was very productive. Right? I know there were a couple games that we mentioned last year do, during the podcast. We're like, wow, he was really quiet. You know, only 30 yards rushing, or you know, we were used to see him like 180 yards rushing. <laughs> But my right, guess is, yeah. is that, you know, is that th there might be a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, too, to say, hey, you know, we can adapt and we can show everybody that, that we're more than just this one player who got a lot of a lot of press time and a lot of people like us talking about him. Right. So there might be some motivational factors there that would be kind of interesting for Guilford. Right. Uh, you know, the other team that was in the final four, uh, we mentioned Bo. Uh, they were nine and two last year, uh, lost to Pelham in the semifinals. And, you know, as as I think we've come to expect with their program, it looks like they just uh, just reload, uh, you know, a number of guys returning, uh, you know, some guys whose names, um, you know, I'm at least familiar with from other sports. I look at, you know, Gavin and Ryan McCabe, also two um, very good lacrosse players. Uh, and then a couple guys, uh, you know, were were part of the season that we did last year with Bo Re Wrestling and uh, Josiah Funches and Jackson Hall. Two guys up front for for Bo uh, on offense, um, and and then a handful of other guys returning as well. Uh, so certainly a team that you would expect to maybe not only be in the mix for a playoff spot, but certainly a, a, a have some home field advantage there in the first round at the very least. Yeah, you know, shame on me. I I didn't really know what to expect from Bo last year, and and uh, you know I, I was kind of putting them sort of middle upper tier not upper tier in my own mind when you sort of look at these conferences and what they had coming back and everything. And, 
And honestly, what you said is you hit the nail right on the head, right? Bo is almost one of those teams like we were talking about last week when we mentioned Londonderry. And we were saying how Londonderry sort of become one of those teams, right? When I say those teams, I mean like the Exeters and the Plymouths and the Pinkertons and those teams that you just sort of, they, they get to that point where they really do just reload. And it, it, there's not many of them where you just on, automatically sort of pencil them in, but like Bo's really kind of become one of those teams. They really have kind of quietly, but they've yeah. become one of those teams where every single year they're a legitimate contender, no matter what they've lost or bringing back or, you know, key people that they might have to replace. It, it just seems like they have a good thing going there and it, there's a lot of consistency. Um, and, and so there's a tremendous amount of pride around that. Well, since you mentioned them, we'll uh, we'll go to Plymouth next. Uh, they were six and four a year ago uh, and lost in the uh, quarterfinals. Um, you know, not a uh, not an overwhelming number of guys returning for them, but they do have a, a decent mix. Um, you know, of guys that are are. I mean, mostly it looks like uh, guys up front once again. Uh, if you're going to have a, a group returning, I suppose the uh, offensive and defensive lines are where you want them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Especially again, in, in a scheme like what Plymouth runs were, it's, it's sort of very offensive line dependent, right? It, it's, I like to say those schemes feature offensive linemen, you know, you can put backs of varying degrees back there, but you know, you and I could probably get four or five yards in that scheme. <laughs> if, uh, you know, if, if the linemen are doing their thing. Um, and so, yeah, so if they've got the right guys coming back in the right positions up front, um, and they've got a couple of kids that are hungry carrying the ball. And again, always playing sound defense with Plymouth, right? So um, another team that just kind of typically reloads, right? A, a six and four quarterfinal loss is like a down year for Plymouth. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it, it, that I'm sure doesn't meet their expectations. And so, um, you know, how do they come back this year will be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, you know, another team, uh, that's up in that, that part of the state, um, Kennett, uh, you know, they were seven and three a year ago. So actually a game better than, uh, than Plymouth and, uh, fell in the quarterfinals to Sauhegan. Uh, you know, not quite as many returners, I think, as the two previous teams we spoke of, but certainly guys that, um, you know, are, I should say returning starters, but, uh, certainly a, a lot of guys that, that got experience a year ago. And uh, Kenneth's certainly a team that I would expect to be, you know, again, in the mix for, for one of those eight playoff spots. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to see Kenneth live last year in that quarterfinal game against Sauhegan. And, you know, the score wasn't pretty, but honestly, I think I think it just sort of got away from them a little bit because um, they 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 did some things really nice, especially in the beginning of the game. Um, you know, they, they were kind of hanging with Sauhegan for a while, especially physically. Um and they're bringing a couple of good good players back, right? I think Tyler Walcott was a guy that uh, I was in pretty pretty impressed with. He's sort of a rugged running back, like inside linebacker type. Um, I thought the QB Nagel was 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 decent, right? And he's a year older now, and um, and and wiser, you know, having been through some of those experiences. Um, I'm not sure how many people they have up front coming back, um, and, and and I thought that they were pretty good up front last year. Again you know, they were able to sort of hang in with Sauhegan for a little while before things got a little out of hand. But, uh, you know, that I think that will be the challenge for Canada if they want to have another, uh, you know, another push deep into the playoffs will be, can they develop the O-line? Right. 
Uh, and then the uh, the last playoff team, uh, you know, out of uh, Division Two was also in the in the East Conference. That was St. Thomas, who actually finished uh, four and five in the regular season, uh, but because of the point you know point rating is is what determines um, playoff positioning. They got in over uh, the five and four Spartans from Milford. So um, interesting kind of uh, way to finish there. Uh, and and you know it looks like they've got um, some key guys back. The senior quarterback Mike Scowron, uh, who's a three-year starter for them, and then running backs Trent Salyards and Timmy Avery. You know, to give them uh, a nice mix. They've got um, I think all five guys on the line, or four out of five guys back on the line. Um, but numbers maybe are a little low uh, for St. Thomas this year, but. Still, um, having that that kind of combination of guys returning puts you in a pretty good spot. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, right, some of these some of these smaller teams in Division Two, and I, I've been there, right. I remember coaching some of the really good teams that we had at Hollis Brookline back in like the the 2010 11 time frame. We we had a team very much like what you just described from St. Thomas. It was a really good team with a lot of veterans, great offensive and defensive line good secondary, good running backs, but we were two injuries away from, you know, three losses that we otherwise should not have, right, from a from a depth perspective. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things, it, when you've got that smaller roster in Division Two with St. Thomas, it'll be, can you keep the kids healthy, uh, you know, avoid, a, you know, a stretch of bad luck as it may be, um, and, and you can be really competitive with that, that first team offense and defense. But if you get a couple of key losses uh, in terms of injury or, or illness or whatever, you know, it can change the complexion of the entire season um, when you don't have that depth. So that, that will probably be the focus over in, in Dover for St. Thomas. I think, uh, you know, the next team up Sanborn is uh, maybe a team that fits into what you were just saying. I think, you know, they had some pretty high expectations last year and then some injuries, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, a tough schedule too slowed them down. Um, but just uh, a ton of guys returning for them. Uh, looks like eight on both sides of the ball. Um, so certainly a, a Sanborn, a team to, uh, you know, if if they're, they're probably see on the on the cusp of one of those playoff spots, definitely competing for it. Yeah, it, it's kind of like what we said when we opened up the D2 preview, right? There's a couple of these teams that you know, are poised to sort of have maybe a breakout year. Sanborn could certainly be one of them. We talked about Stark already. Um, you know, there's there's uh, Pembroke, who we mentioned uh, in the as we were going through the uh, the Jamboree recap, right? I, I think I think those are three teams that if things fall the way they they could, um, and you get a little bit of luck and you stay healthy, um, you know, they could be in the mix and it can change the landscape a little bit in division two, which I, th I always think is fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We are, we are definitely in favor of uh, the unpredictable and the upsets over here. Yeah. It gives us more to talk about, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Pembroke looking a little bit, uh, you know, better um, in the Jamboree Merrimack Valley. I think a team too, that, um, you know, I saw them a little bit last year. Um, not sure too much on what they had coming back, but um you know, look like they were maybe trending in the right direction. Uh, and then Laconia with a, you know, starting with a new coaching staff this year. 
Um, so some some changes there, and we'll we'll see how. Is that? See, I didn't know that. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, new coaching staff. Okay. Um, then. Uh, so does that mean Coach Cousins step stepped down? Did, yeah, I think he stepped down. I think he's just um, just the AD over there now, if I'm not mistaken, or he might have, uh, or maybe he's planning on on not. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that, yeah. but I know he's been the. Yeah, still the AD over there, uh, but stepped down well, as the football coach. Well, congratulations to him. He had a, had a really great career there. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any uh, any other thoughts on Division Two? Um, no, I think as much as we said last week with Division One, you know, is there's no place to hide. I think is the phrase that I used. Right. It's <laughs> like I really do think that about Division Division Two. I think has the most opportunity this year potentially for surprises. Right. Um, and, and, and so that that to me makes Division two exciting it just in a different way than Division one was going to be where, you know, every every week is sort of a dogfight in Division one. I. I think Division two is, yeah, you've got your you've got your usual power players. But I do think that there's th- three or four teams that have the ability to, uh, you know, quote unquote, win all the games we should, whatever that right. means. But that's a great <laughs> used a lot but also maybe win a game or two that they, they weren't penciled in sneak up on somebody. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think in that way, division two could be really entertaining this year. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's do our our quick, uh, rundown of division three too, before we, uh, we head out for the day. And, and, um, obviously we talked a little bit about Trinity and what they've got coming back. Certainly a team that, you know, we're expecting to, to be in the mix, maybe even, um, in the championship game again this year. And then the team that, that they lost to, uh, in that title game, Campbell, um, you know, they, they did graduate some good kids, but they've got a whole lot coming back, uh, starting with the Hirschbergers, uh, Scott. And I, was, I was just going to say they have the Hirschbergers <laughs> back. Which... I mean, what a great place to start. You know, I mean, Scott was a, uh, was just a workhorse in that championship game. I think he had both their touchdowns, and it just seemed like every time they needed yards, they just gave him the ball, and he was able to get what he wanted. As a sophomore, right? Yes, as a sophomore. As a sophomore, and and as I mentioned earlier, you, you know anybody that that was at the jamboree or watched the uh, the uh, FNL New Hampshire um, YouTube video, Trinity is a big physical defense. You know, it, I mean, even Sauhegan, a Division three runner up, Sauhegan wasn't messing around trying to run inside zone and you know, all, all kinds of things between the tackles, right? I mean, Sauhegan was kind of staying away from some of those guys. It's a good effect. But Campbell just was extremely physical last year in that championship game. And a lot of that was just that offensive line was was so dominant. Um, and then and then having, um, you know, a sophomore like Hirschberger, who's just a tough runner in that scheme, um, they've got a lot of those guys back. I mean, I think there's only two kids that they that that are not returning that got starting time last year. Um, so yeah, it, it it you know between that and what we've already said about Trinity, um, those are two teams you'd expect to be on the top of the mountain again. Uh, let's throw a third team in there that's also pretty physical, uh, and that's Monadnock. Yeah, uh, uh, yes. Went <laughs> went eight and two last year, uh, and then uh, was upset by Campbell in the semifinals. Um, you know, and and they did lose a little bit more, I think, than both of those teams. Um, but I mean, that's a program that, you know, for the last decade now has just churned out tough, uh, successful teams. 
you know, when they've got uh, quite a few guys back, uh, Ben Dean and, and Caden Smith are the guys stand out, um, you know, that, that I think, uh, you know, will give them a shot at, uh, at once again being a playoff team. Yeah, yeah, and they've got Brandon Bernard back, who's a three-year starter. He started as a freshman, I think, um, who's also kind of a – like a typical Manat physical Manadnock kid, right? He's a fullback and inside linebacker, um, pretty impressive player, only a junior. Um, but yeah, Manadnock, maybe another one of those teams where they've they've reloaded very well, um, as, as, as has Campbell, um, who we just talked about, right? They're they're sort of the Division three versions of those teams that seems like no matter what they graduate they just keep churning out really good players that are that are good fits for the the brand of football that they want to play on both sides of the ball yeah uh i just had to look up because i couldn't remember who the fourth uh playoff team was off the top of my head um but it was uh interlakes moltenboro was uh was your other other playoff team of course only only four making the playoffs uh in division three and four um so yeah, uh, Campbell took out Monadnock. Uh, Trinity beat Interlakes Moultonboro in the semifinals last year. Uh, another team that was kind of right there on the the cusp of the playoffs was Stevens. Uh, you know, there. Um, you know, that's another one that's always a solid program. Fall Mountain was also right there. Uh, they were four and five last year with a shot at getting in. They're a team that has a. It sounds like has a lot back, uh, especially seniors. It looks like they got a lot of seniors coming back. Um, you know, and they've had some success the last couple of years, um, making a championship game a few years ago when they were in division four. Actually, I think they even, um, am I remembering that correctly that they, they got there twice or am I just misremembering that? I think you're right. If you can hold on a second there, just give, yes. Uh, yeah, they did. They, in 2019, they got their loss to, uh, Winnesquam. And then that's right in 2021, they upset Newport in the semifinals and and uh, lost to Summersworth in the Division yep. Four championship game. So, you know that's um, you know for a program that has struggled to find that cons- that success consistently, um, you know being four and five and missing the playoffs and having a lot of guys back is huge. Uh, yes. you know momentum builder for this season. Yeah, absolutely, and I think they have a good core back as well. So. Um, you know, in terms of, of uh, kids that are returning from the last year's campaign. So, I mean, I think that's that's a good story as well. I'd say uh, Kearsarge, Epic Newmarket, two teams that were kind of in the same spot in the standings. Looks like they both have a similar number of guys returning. Um, you know, not sure in terms of, of age-wise, but, but definitely a handful of guys on each side there. They should both, um, you know, I would think be a little bit improved. Uh, and then the big difference this year, too, is that, um, you know, we're in the second year of the NHIA cycle. So Conval, Kingswood, uh, two teams that petitioned down into Division Three uh, for this cycle, they're now eligible for the playoffs uh, for this season. So uh, a little more incentive uh, for both of those squads uh, coming off of uh, some, some tough years a, a season ago. Yeah, and Conval... Um you know, has a nucleus of players coming back too. Um, I think they've got, they've got seven starters on each side of the ball coming back. And a lot of those kids, uh, you know, were offensive line, you know, tight end defensive line linebacker types, which is again, as we've said, 
it's what you want coming back, especially when you're trying to build. Um, so hopefully they had a, a good off season and are able to put something together this year around that nucleus of players. So uh, that is uh, you know a quick look at Division Three. Of course, this weekend uh, does start the is the the uh, the start of the season. Although uh, not for Division Four, they don't start till next week. Uh, they've all got an extra week to prepare there. So we'll look at uh, Division Four and 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 talk a little bit about a preview there uh, for next week's show. Um, but before we go, I want to. I mean, you mentioned. Um, you know, like that Milford John Stark game on Saturday, I, I, I you know, got to keep an eye on uh, Thursday night. We've got a couple of Thursday night games to start the season, which I am really excited about. Uh, you got so Wyndham. am I. Yeah, I think we. Uh, I mean, the reason is unfortunate. I think because there's not enough officials, we might see a few more uh, yeah. Thursday night games this year. Uh, but I'm certainly not going to complain about uh, being able to get out to an extra game <laughs> every week no. uh, or a couple of weeks. Um, and the one I'm planning on being that Thursday is that Wyndham at Pinkerton uh, game to open up the season. But then you also have a rematch of uh, last year's um, D1 quarterfinal with Timberlane at Exeter uh, also on Thursday. Yeah, that that rematch of what could have been really, I mean, in, in – you know, arguably the game of the year last year, right? I mean, maybe with the exception of the championship game, right. yeah. Division One was a great game as well. But that 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 uh, Timberlane Exeter playoff game was a phenomenal game uh, against two really good teams. You know, and and old rivals as well. You know, certainly Exeter probably doesn't consider, you know, with with their Winnicunit rivalry, right? They're not gonna. Uh, get up for Timberlane quite that much, but that that's a rivalry that goes way, way, way back in time. Um, and and I like you am am uh, giving some serious thought to heading over to Pinkerton to see the uh, the uh, Pinkerton Wyndham game on Thursday night. I think that that's probably where I'm going to try to be. Six o'clock start for that one, just to to throw out there for anyone that's planning on heading over. So a little bit earlier than uh, than you're used. Actually, you know, what, I'm going to double check that now because now that I say that, I'm gonna, I I would be my luck that they uh, they decided to move it to like seven or something. Uh, yeah, you're 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 okay if you go earlier, but if you announce it as being later, yeah. get trouble. You know, yeah. people get there early; they can have a you know they can get or, an Astro well, Burger and relax, or but... they can they can watch the band warm up. <laughs> yes, as I have <laughs> I did when I arrived about four hours early one year. <laughs> uh, but yes, it is a six o'clock start on Thursday at Pinkerton, uh, and then Friday you got a couple of interesting games. Uh, probably the most. So being uh, Bishop Girton at Bedford Friday night, um, then a, ni- a nice, uh, you know, rivalry game, I think. But, well, that one's a good rivalry game. Then you've also got one at Stellos uh, with Merrimack at Nashua North. Um, yep. Those teams have had some battles in the playoffs um, in the last five or six years. And then one that I'm pretty interested in um, yeah, is Concord Londonderry. Uh, you know, Concord, uh, like we talked about last week, has some uh, some good guys returning. Londonderry, obviously, kind of uh, reloading this year, so that should be um, an interesting one. Yeah, that that's a really good matchup, just because of, like you said, sort of. Yeah, I, I think Concord has a really good nucleus coming back, and it will yeah. be it'll be nice to see if they're continuing to climb. Right. Because I think they really kind of had a nice breakthrough last year. 
Uh, and it's also a, a proving point for Londonderry. They lost a ton from that great team that they had last year. But as we as we speculated last week, they've kind of crossed into the bounds of those reloading teams as opposed to the rebuilding teams. Um, and, and now you got to prove it against what, what figures to be a pretty good Concord team. Yeah, other game Friday I uh, want to keep an eye out for is in Division Three, uh, Interlakes Moultonboro at Stevens. You know, as we just talked about, those were two teams that were fighting for that last playoff spot. So this is a game that you know a year ago um, had huge playoff implications, despite being in Week One. Right, so one that I want to watch there. Then, like you said, Saturday Milford at John Stark. The other Saturday game in D two uh, to keep an eye on Bo at Sanborn. Um, you know, kind of a, a, a nice, uh, you know, milestone for uh, Sanborn to see where they are uh, in, the, you know, kind of in their uh, progression against uh, what we expect to be a pretty good bow team. Yeah. And Sanborn's kind of a, kind of a cool place to go see a game. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of like that facility over there. They've got like a nice, you know, you can, you can see really well from those stands. It's a little bit set back, but um, not a bad environment. I'm not sure what time that game starts. I know the Milford start game is like a noon start. It's a, it's an early yeah. start for, for football. So, you know, maybe if you have got nothing to do on a Saturday and you're a division two fan, you can go from the, the Stark game to the, uh, the Sanborn game. I'm trying, to, Sanborn I'm trying to find it here quick and it's not, uh, not cooperating with me. <laughs> um, if you can give me a second, I'll let you know. Uh, but yeah, that's a yeah that that noon start. If I'm I'm trying to get up there, that uh, that might be a killer for me. Trying to get up to out there. Uh, looks like the uh, Bo Sanborn start is a one o'clock start on Saturday. Oh, okay. But yeah, those are uh, those are the games I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, we'll we'll be talking about next week. Um, but I think for this week, that's going to just about wrap us up. Yeah. Oh, it was good, and and we did it uh, more efficiently than we did <laughs> than last week. Yeah. <laughs> we um, were so excited last week that we just kind of, you know, we we had a little we, uh, chew, we chewed some air last yeah, week. <laughs> yeah, a little a uh, little diarrhea of the mouth there last week. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, everyone enjoyed that. Hopefully, enjoyed uh, getting ready for this week as well. I know I did. Um, you know, really excited that that you know next week we're going to be talking about some real football games. Um, you know, and and really excited to get back out there this weekend um i i mean i imagine you are too yeah i really am yeah and i'm i'm like you said i'm kind of grateful that there's some you know the game some of the good games are spread out over the over the three days here that will be you know between thursday friday and saturday that we'll be able to see maybe a little bit more than usual yeah um you know i know places like um friday night lights new hampshire right that, that gives them the opportunity to cover a bunch of stuff too so that's that's cool because if I can't get out, I can always watch that too. You know, it's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that'll just about do it for us this week. Uh, thanks again for listening to us, Mike. Thanks for doing this. Oh, absolutely! Always a good time. Uh, he's Mike Lockman. I'm Joe Marcellina. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>